You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Well, welcome everybody who's listening to this episode. We're going to talk everything movies. This is one of our filler episodes. I'm Jordan, joined here like always with Eric. How the hell are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know you were going to do an intro. I, 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 I don't do an intro. That's just this is this is how it's going to be today. Uh, Jordan's on. Just just wake up in the morning, and get it done. Right. Speaking of in the morning, uh, this is a fun one. Uh, there was no movies. If you're listening to this episode, fan, there were no movies coming out that were worth watching or review. By the time you're listening to this, we're recording before nine o'clock in the morning. I'm here alone with my daughter, who's four years old. So for the fans. If you hear my daughter come in and say "daddy" or whatever, it'll be fun. We're not going to edit that out. Let's just let's just have fun. What's well, the, the morning session? Yeah, it's the morning session, right? You're yeah. driving to work, everybody. You're listening to Eric and I here talking, and you're like, "Hey, these guys are people just like me." So enjoy it. Um, speaking of enjoying, um, I do not enjoy so far Falcon and Winter Soldier. You told me. Um, to check out the first two episodes. I finally got a chance to do it because I fell asleep in the first 10 minutes of the first episode. Not good. Still not good. I, I don't mean to, uh, I guess, review the series now, but I mean, it's no. only two episodes in. Is it just, uh, it's kind of like just kind of a, a more serious, more action-y tone. Uh, this, is, this is, when you say that there's no movies coming out, um, I think it's kind of, it's funny because there maybe there aren't movies in the same spec that we know because of what's what's happened because of the pandemic. But at this time we would be getting some previews for some big summer blockbusters, right? There would be there would be more hype around things that would be released right now. And we're not getting that same effect, so we don't really have a whole lot to get excited uh, about. There are movies coming out Right. It's just they're not coming out until maybe, you know, uh, a few more months. A lot of movies are coming out this fall. Um, I'm looking at a lot of the schedule here of the up and coming, and there are there are a lot coming out. Oh, in, there's a lot in in, in it more than in the fall, though. You know, uh, H, HBO Max, for, for instance, has has a bunch. I don't mean to push them, but. That is one thing to look forward to just because they have a schedule. This is a smart thing to do. It's like, hey, here are some movies coming out. Here's when you can check them out um, only on us. I think that's what's going to make them win. Mm. Well, the, the bad thing is, too, is that I've noticed with this whole streaming thing is they keep on pushing stuff back. And that is the annoying part right now. They, they've only done it. HBO Max has only done it a handful of times. But it's, it's getting to the point to where it's annoying. So, like, for an example, Kong uh, Godzilla. Uh, came out um, recently, and in the middle of April is when Mortal Kombat's supposed to come out. Well, a spokesperson from HBO said, we are pushing the release of Mortal Kombat back a week because we want Kong and Godzilla to get some traction. So we won't be able to even review Mortal Kombat until the end of April now. That's, and that's it's like, a, I'm, I mean, I get that you're, that we're taking a kind of like an eye roll to it, but you understand the move, right? Like I understand I, it, but they're doing it with Resident Evil now, too. Resident Evil was supposed to come out in September, but now it's coming out in November on streaming. And it's like, geez. They, they, 
yeah, it's going to be frustrating, but they have to kind of figure this this stuff out. And the reason why is because this is, I think they started to realize what they have here. The, again, I, if this is successful, and we've already seen so far that, that it has been, then I would I would bet you any money that the other platforms start doing the same thing. Mm. Because yeah. Netflix does not do this. You You have to wake up on a fucking Friday, you know, and check out your queue to see what came out what was new and it would just be right there boom right there in the front of your screen just kind of like check this out you know right and uh this gives me something to look forward to well i think hb um i think hbo max is, is gonna win with this whole streaming war that's going on right now there's a lot of positives there's a lot of negatives and i think that there's definitely going to be some losers uh, with some of these major networks that are doing it, uh, meaning that you know those those platforms will go away. I think Peacock will be one of them. Um, I think also Discovery will be one of them as well. Um, but people like HBO Max are doing a great job. So is Disney Plus. You know, doing what's weird a great job is um, obviously the big difference. I would say are the TV shows, the original content, the IPs that they they have. Um, but they all have them. It's just that HBO has, does something different. Like, right? HBO has shows that are normally an hour long. Mm-hmm. They have specials. It's premium cable, and so they usually get more bang for the buck out of there too. Even their their a lot of their um, well their series, all of them are, are usually an hour long, right? There's only a few that maybe a half an hour. Sex and City comes to mind. That thing is only a half an hour, right? Or no, that's an hour too. And I think they're coming back with that, too. And uh, so when they break it up in episodes, it's it's a bit more to take in. Whereas a lot of the Netflix stuff, a lot of the Amazon stuff, a lot of the Hulu stuff, these are half an hour. These are smaller segments. These are easier to break away from or put a bookmark in. Right. It's more um, TV showy, I guess is the word, if, if, if that is a word. Uh, but it, yeah, you're right. Uh, but HBO uh, has boobs. Um, yeah, they it has, it has boobs. they usually put them in a lot of their series. Uh, quite often, and, right. and very unnecessarily. So I don't know if you guys remember uh, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Yes, I do. But uh, Jesus Christ, why why does there need to be so many concubines? <laughs> nice. Um. For the nostalgia fans who are around Eric's and my age, we're in our mid-30s, uh, since he's talking about HBO here, um, I'm going to take you guys down who are listening to Memory Lane. And Eric, so are you. I remember as a kid growing up in the 90s, it was like finding gold, like finding a million dollars. When you wake up on a Saturday, you watch your cartoons in the morning, and you just flip through the cable channels. And then all of a sudden, you got HBO free for the week. Mm. Oh, that was on constant rotation on my house in my bedroom because my mom would not allow me to watch HBO because it has boobs. Yep. Uh, because H- because HBO used to, just like Cinemax, I don't know if they do it anymore now, used to do that late night adult stuff. Well, there was a, a big thing, a big piece in the subject for me as a kid because as a kid for me, I grew up with, with HBO and Cinemax. My uh, parents, not to, I guess, show my hand here, but uh, they paid for the, the premium stuff because they, too, loved movies, you know? Right. So they would 
always sit down and watch it, and they enjoyed watching kind of a movie. Anyway, before a movie would start, remember, you'd get the big HBO cinematic of like going over the town, the miniature town, and going up into the space, and then there'd be mm-hmm. the big HBO in the sky, and it'd spin, and the, oh, it'd slap you in the face, and you'd go inside of it, and it'd say, feature presentation. And then mm-hmm. it'd give you the rundown, the letters of what's going to be in this movie. The N yeah. for nudity, you know, or the, what's it? The, the L for language. Yeah, L for language. Or, and all that violence, yeah. Yeah, adult themes or some, you know, whatever the hell. They would just kind of roll down. And that was awesome. Okay, what movie What movie we watch that's going to have some nudity in it? You know, let's <laughs> let's take a look. And, uh, you know, it, it was always fun. Sandamax would always be the one that would... Uh, Probably play a little bit more raunchier stuff, though. Showtime was always like the ugly duckling. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever had Showtime, but um, yeah, they Showtime definitely did try. No, <laughs> so, did, did, so did Stars, right? Well, 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 Stars was big. I remember Stars was doing really good because Stars was doing like the independent scene. And I've always wanted Stars because Stars, you know, came out a long time ago, but it got really, really popular like in the late 90s, early 2000s when I got into independent film. That's when I started to see. Pulp Fiction for the first time, and and uh, and John Woo the Killer, and, and all these other things, right? So, um, Stars was more of that, and I would never was able to. My first time ever, and we can move on from HBO if you want later after this. But my first time ever watching HBO ever, besides at home growing up when we would have that special free thing for a week. Uh, as an adult, was when I was in college, uh, we had our. Um, and in our dorms, you got uh, cable TV from the from the university, and HBO, Cinemax, Stars, and Showtime was a part of that free cable package for college. That's when I started to get into HBO because I was like, oh, and you'll love this little fun romp. Me and a roommate watching HBO. I've heard of Sopranos, never knew anything about Sopranos. I just know of it, and we watch, which I did not know at the time the last premiere controversial episode of The Sopranos. That was the only episode I've ever seen. Okay. So we turn on HBO, and it's on, and it's like The Sopranos. Like, oh, I've heard of this. You know, we watch it. Did not know that it was the world premiere last episode series finale. Had no idea. And we watch it, and then, you know, the screen goes black in the controversial episode. And then I remember after that, they had a Dane Cook special. And that's how I discovered Dane Cook at the time <laughs> hbo was pumping out a lot of specials man i i grew up with it and i was happy that I, that i did i mean as a kid in the in the saturday morning run when you would wake up and cartoons were on in the morning uh hbo had a lot of programming for for kids and it was really dope to watch they had one called like encyclopedia it was really good to uh, and then it would feed into like you know again like the movies you know i get to watch fucking short circuit or something Right, right after it, and it, it, you know, it was really cool. I got to see some really just a lot of a lot of good stuff on HBO that I, I would not be able to see. Fraggle Rock was on HBO. I never watched Fraggle Rock, so um, we recorded it, and I grew up with that. So did you? Yeah, yeah. You know, HBO is also when I discovered um, my love for my favorite film franchise, Aliens. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That was that was part of one of those free weekends, and. Uh, you and get I, a, uh, a really cool action movie, man. I remember, like, Aliens, like, probably probably one of the best action movies ever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, like, some other obscure action movies that would play on those, or maybe it was Cinemax. Remember Solo? Do you remember? I th- do remember Solo, yes. 
yeah, not not Han Solo. Not, as, not, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that maybe the people would know now, but yeah, the solo about the the cyborg soldier mm-hmm. who was a one man army. That was the whole premise, and he wanted to look like Michael Jordan. Yeah, there was always on HBO when I got that free stuff. It was always Aliens, uh, Demolition Man. It's a good one. Um, and then there was uh, Universal Soldier, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, anything with uh, yeah, Jean-Claude that was always is, is going to work. That was always a big thing uh, for me with HBO. But we'll see the streaming war thing because now, because now Peacock now exclusively has the rights to WWE, uh, which is controversial within itself. I've been reading a lot of WWE fans are canceling. Their subscriptions because there's no such thing as WWE Network anymore. You have to download Peacock, which first of all is not on Fire Stick. Yeah, and they're also removing Peacock. Is like, hey, you know what? We're not going to show a lot of the Attitude Era stuff. So they're so they're removing controversial things, um, unlike the WWE Network. So like so like there's like no ECW or stuff like that uh, on it, and it's pissing a lot of people off so peacock is gonna fail with that i would imagine so um i don't know what's gonna happen with that or paramount plus that's another one yeah why are they doing that that got launched because we're in the middle of the stream wars right now where um i thought this was gonna happen this is this is gonna be the 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 death of of cable because comcast or xfinity as they want to be called now or uh charter or at you know whatever uh, provider that you were talking of, you know, that that you have, uh, they offer bundles, right? You can't pick mm-hmm. and choose, and you're just like, listen, I don't want to pay for all these hundreds of channels I'm not going to watch. Can mm-hmm. I just pick and choose? And they said, no. And then finally we got the option to somebody else did it, and now it's winning. And now they're trying to catch up, and we're supposed to feel bad for them. Same thing happened with the music industry when Napster came out, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Same exact thing that happened. Like, yeah. like I, I myself have YouTube TV, and um, we don't watch hardly any of the channels. But what's going to save? I'm totally on the opposite spectrum of the uh, streaming platforms. Uh, what's going to save is 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 account sharing. I think account sharing is here to stay. They try to stop doing it. Some small local companies will not allow you. Hulu has done that to where you cannot account share. Um, Well, for live TV. So like, you know, I have my dad's account with Hulu, but if it's live, I can't watch it because it's because when you do Hulu now, uh, you, you log into your account and everything and it's attached to your IP address. Okay. If it's live, if it's live TV, if it's whatever, it doesn't matter. Live only. So if my dad has live Hulu and I try to watch it here, it's not the same IP address. It kicks you right off. What Can't. would you be watching that would require that? That what's what's live? Well, well, Hulu Live is it's just like YouTube TV. So like if you pay your sixty, seventy dollars a month, you get all the stuff on Hulu. Then you also get. All like these hundreds of cable channels, including your local live channels too, just like regular cable was with a guide and everything. So I could watch, you know, Comedy Central and MTV or my local news. 
through Hulu live. Okay, I I think that's yeah. I think I'm seeing that now. I'm pretty sure. Um, I've, yeah, I've seen that and, before. Yeah, and and they're getting rid of it. But people like Netflix, Disney Plus. I don't know how many people have piggybacked off of my Disney Plus account. Yeah, you're you're a true saint for that, Jordan. Well, everybody loves it, and it's it's only seven bucks a month. Plus, I didn't pay for a whole year for because I have Verizon. Thank you, Verizon. Yeah, I. Uh... I know eventually I'm gonna to have to probably launch off and get my own, but uh, for now I'll just I'll just coast. I don't think I'm paying for anything. No, no, like I'm only paying for Disney Plus. But I think we're showing our hand. We're paying for everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah. everything. We're paying for everything. So, um, like, I we're we're not even halfway through our our uh, sixth season with movie guys here. We reviewed a lot of interesting movies so far. And I'm really digging this 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 late '90s uh, thing that we're doing with Sarah too. That's been really fun going down memory lane a lot. So I'm kind of interested to see what the summer brings us because the summer for us has been kind of up and down when it comes to movie releases recently. So I'm kind of curious of what's going to happen in the future for that. Well, I'm just uh, happy to have someone to watch movies with too who, who likes action movies too because there's a lot of good action movies coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just Mortal Kombat, which I'm really excited for. I noticed that you called it Kong versus Godzilla. I, I tend to do the same thing. Do you know the oh, movie's called Godzilla versus Kong? Is that what it is? Why don't we put Kong first? I, other people do it as well, like almost everybody I know. I don't know. Um, I actually started it uh, pre this recording. Is it racist uh, to put the monkey first? <laughs> oh, I don't. Maybe I don't think so though. Like I've already started watching it. Um. I got probably about a half hour into it last night, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. Uh, but I got about half hour into it so far. Um, so I'm going to try to finish it out tonight. I'm really, really excited to see this because I'm a big fan of the original 1963 movie? 63? Yeah, it's. Uh, I know that uh, you've said many times that this is uh, something up your alley. I'm surprised that... They didn't put Mortal Kombat on the 16th because 16th would fall before 420. Yeah, I don't know why, but they're going to push it back towards the end. And... Oh, which is arguably probably uh, the, a movie holiday, mm-hmm. if, if I could just say that, actually. But everyone might be watching more, for, more 420 related movies um, on that day. They may. I, I, I mean, it's okay. Okay, so, so it's Godzilla should versus the, Kong. Should, should we do that, Jordan? Should we do huh. stoner movies for a 420 special? No, well, never mind. It doesn't fall on any particular day. We can, but I'm very, 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 very critical on uh, stoner movies. I am not a stoner movie guy. There's probably not even not even a handful of stoner movies that I actually think are legitimately good movies. Like, I'm not a Cheech and Chong guy at all. Uh, I'm not a what grandma's boy, not a grandma's boy guy. Um, the stoner movie that I like the most is actually pretty much Pineapple Express or out of left field, How High. I appreciate you for that. How High is <laughs> ridiculous. Do you know there's a sequel? Yes, yes, with, with Lil Yachty, I think, right? Yeah, not, no, not good. Um, speaking of little, I guess something off of movies, real quick pop culture stuff for this episode did you see the little nas x video yeah yeah i certainly have oh are you did you did it turn you gay i'm oh <laughs> at this oh, jordan's, jordan's thinking about it 
I just, I just, I just don't know what's going on. Like, you know, times have changed. I mean, to me, it's just like WAP. It's, it's just like what, why? Like, you're, there's no art. You're just, you're just being controversial to be controversial because I showed my wife the video and she's a very, very hardcore Catholic. And I thought she would be completely appalled and she wasn't. And I was surprised. And she was like, the song's good. The song's catchy. I was like, but you just saw the video. And she's like, eh, oh, well, really? Okay. Like, I just, I I don't see why people like, you know, like I grew up with Christina Aguilera's dirty, you know, do you remember that, that video? Right. Sex scene. Were or Britney Spears' slave? Remember that one? Oh, no, I, well, I, I do. I'm just saying those people aren't artists either, and that's in the same category. I'm just saying that regardless of the song, because my wife and I had a big debate on it, that's why I wanted to bring this up with you on the show, is what is art slash being a douchebag? And what I mean by that is I cannot picture little Nas X getting ready to do the video, video and saying, okay, this is the concept for the video, and this is my artistic vision to do this. No, he's just like, how can I be controversial? How can I be a douchebag to get clicks? That's all it is. Because when a man gives Satan a lap dance, there is no, no artistic thought with that at all. Well, if he's just being a, a social warrior, then I, I'll give him that. Like, if it was part of the plan... Like which it probably is. This this dude lives on Twitter for the most part, and when he came out with this, I'm sure part of it was just having fun. I don't think there's any sort of like expression that you want or message he's trying to get across. Even if there is, you know, sure, it's it's of no interest to me. But um, I think he was just kind of having fun, to be honest. And this video blew up and anything. He was expecting backlash, I'm sure, because right. he's just going to get backlash no matter what. And mm-hmm. the plan is that uh, when he gets it, he's able to turn every clapback viral and make more money off of that. Right. Which like, I can't dog him for it. I just, I guess my whole this argument is, about this, this is how can... it works now, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, because I don't want to talk about this for a while or so. We'll, we'll move on. But I, it's just, I just saw the video as not being anything than a guy just being a douche. That's just, that's just how I took it. I wasn't offended. I wasn't appalled. I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. There was no emotion. It was just like, yeah, you know, you are in the same category as, oh, God, what's that video? Um, never mind. I lost I'm it. I'm personally a fan of the song. Congratulations, Nas X. Um, I'm obviously not, like, drooling on the video or anything, but, I, again, I'm, how many times am I going to be watching the video of it? I'm more of a Apple Music kind of guy. I just listen to the I just listened to the beats, baby. Yeah, well, so does a lot of people. You know, I always found that interesting when I was in college and high school, you know, girls dancing to Little John and all this stuff. And I'm like, do you hear the lyrics? Oh, ski, 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 ski. <laughs> it's like, I just like the beat. Do you hear the lyrics? <laughs> like, it's just, I just always found that Yep, my, my favorite one to, to bring up is the Ying Yang Twins, the Whisper yeah. song. I, I enjoy that. They played that on the radio. They yeah. played that song on the radio. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the girls are dancing to it. And then those same girls that dance to it are like, I'm a feminist, and I believe in this. And it's like, you well, right now you're, you're reaching. Because, no, come on. Yeah, yes, because I've seen many a trailer park girl dance to that, and I don't think that they're going to be your, your uh, poster board wearing uh, feminist there. I know. But I'm just, I'm just, this is funny to me. It's just ironic it, to me. It's just. I, it's okay. it's 
Well, when I've asked many of the girls, because I, you know, again, grew up around the time when it was a banger, uh, they all had said that they know what the song is saying. They just liked the beat. Yeah. That's and exactly what that's I'm all saying. A, that's all a beat takes. And so you can put whatever shit you want in there. There was another song that came around that time where the, the beat was a bedspring bouncing. Because of, oh yeah, um, yeah. What yeah, it is I, or oh my god, what it is, ho? What's yeah, up, yeah. Jordan? Yeah. That made my day with you rapping right there. Yeah, right there, right there. I I appreciate that you know that song. Oh, dude, pop culture. Why do you think we do movie guys? We review movies, but I love pop culture, and I'm the complete opposite of what a person <laughs> is that I work with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like opposite. And when people are bored. I'm known as the trivia guy oh, at yeah. work. They're just like, Jordan, give us pop culture trivia. So um, here's a little trivia for you here. Talk about beer for a second. Can you name it for the fans listening? Eric, can you name the only brewery in America that is owned by women? Four women. They're all si – three women. They're all sisters. Um, three sisters brewery. <laughs> Yingling. Okay. Yingling is the only brewery in America who is also the oldest brewery. These girls are the sixth generation brewers and they own the they're, they're the only female owned brewery in the United States. I find that kind of interesting. Pop culture reference for you. You know what's crazy is that I had gone to the Detroit History Museum recently and mm -hmm. in the basement of it they um, did a very good job. They, they replicated kind of like the old streets of Detroit, you know, and uh, kind of wood stump roads and cobblestones and, you know, you know, kind of making it look like you're going through the old town, um, a frontier town. And there's another part where they have a, a huge section on the history of, of beer in Detroit in the city and mm -hmm. the families that made breweries, you know, uh, you know, the uh, Stroh's Bohemian beer and stuff like that. And it's just cool to kind of that, that they put that much time into the history of beer in our city, my city. Right. So it's just, uh, I think probably you should. I, I didn't know it. Detroit had a, had a, had a, had a beer thing. Well, prohibition and whatnot, Jordan. Ah, gotcha. But yeah, there was a, there was a big Bavarian, uh, culture here. Did not even know that. Had yeah. no idea. By the way, so why are we recording this episode? We are recording this episode on April 1st, uh, for those who are listening, which is not April 1st. And time travel. And what's going on in my situation right now while I'm talking to Eric here, folks, is I'm sitting in my dining room where my computer is, and there's a big, big sliding glass door window I can look outside. And the biggest joke ever God is playing on us right now, it, it is snow flurrying currently, and it's a complete whiteout right now. Oh, really? It's a complete whiteout. My nice grass, and, nice and sunny over here. My grass is covered in snow. Where just two days ago it was seventy degrees and I was in shorts. Ooh, sucks to be in Ohio. Oh my! I can't even see the fence in the backyard. It's a complete whiteout. And I'm looking while we are recording the show, folks. I am looking at new weather reports and nobody's saying, "Hey, it's snowing." Uh, they're probably gonna get breaking news on it right now. They're still <laughs> making the graphic, right? I just, oh, I'm so disappointed. Like. Oh God! I thought that I thought this was it, but 
I, I, I guess not. Like, because here's the funny thing. Just if, if you're not in Ohio, people, this is what I have to deal with. Today, the high is 37. Tomorrow, 72. That's, uh, that's just how the life in the Midwest works, buddy. Yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate. It's God bless this state. So, um, but I am looking forward to the summer. I'm looking forward to see uh, what's going to happen with the movies. I'm curious to see Black Widow. I don't know if that's going to be released on Disney Plus or if it's going to be theaters. I don't know if I want to go to a theater again, to be honest with you. I, I might hit for some things. Like, uh, for example, Top Gun is still set to come out this year. We're going to, yeah. You know, well, I mean, we're. I'm going to have to go to a theater because we're going to have to review it. But, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I was actually, like, disgusted. Like, no, I, I, I want to go to a movie theater. I love the experience. But ever since COVID has hit, it's been kind of nice to come home. Turn on the TV, and there's Godzilla versus Kong, and I can just watch it anytime I want without having to go and spend the five, ten bucks and get some Sour Patch Kids and some slushies and sit there and watch it. There, there was, you know, there was something about just getting that popcorn, though. There, the there is yeah. something about going to see a movie on an opening day and have it be a packed house that I, I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah. hope we can get there. I hope maybe around here, but maybe, maybe in, in a city it would happen, but maybe not so much around here. Maybe, uh, you know, I see what's beautiful about Americans and human beings is that we tend to forget. And within five years from now, from now, from 2001, it's it, nobody's going to remember COVID and Ten years, even. Never forget, Jared. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, they I, are. good. I hope we can get back there because it, it, it there is something about going to see a movie with, with you know as a community. There was something about. I remember going to see Endgame that opening weekend. Remember when it was impossible to get tickets, mm -hmm. and I was able to get one for like a late show, you know, somewhere in, in like a mall. And it, it was it was great because I got to see that kind of the first wave there and everyone was dressed up. Everyone was showing support. Everyone was hype. The theater was loud, you know, like, right. When you get a theater that reacts, that was dope. Like that was it, it just adds so much to it. It's great. Or um, I had a, a big theater for uh, the Queen movie for the Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I was. I will never forget that theater experience because that's the theater time that I got sick. <laughs> I mean, I straight up got sick. Well, you, you kind of give give cause there, don't you, Jordan? Well, okay, okay. So that came out in November of nineteen, right? Uh, yeah, yes, right. yes. So here's come down this memory lane with me, Eric, and folks. I think I am patient zero. Go with this joke. <laughs> I gave the world COVID. Okay. I 100% believe that. So this is November of 19. It's very uh, it's Andy Gibb <laughs> of well, you. Was, so check. Well, this, this is weird. This is weird to me. So we had to review Bohemian Rhapsody. So my wife is a Queen fan. So she wants to go to the theater with me. So we go to the theater. I'm feeling fine. No big whoop. No big deal. Right? Yeah. Halfway through the movie... 
I started to get a little hot. It's a little warm. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know what I mean? Kind of like you kind of feel like a sickness coming up. And then my belly started to rumble a little bit. And then it went away. Watching the movie went away. Go home. Feeling okay. Had a couple beers. Wake up in the middle of the night. Soaked. Like my hair, like I got out of the shower. Just soaked. Got it. Just. Um, don't know why. Yeah. High fever. Shortness of breath. Lost my smell. Lost my taste. Every COVID symptom. I was on my <laughs> ass. Are you on the train now that that, <laughs> that COVID has set the bar that everything is no, mm-hmm. is no COVID? So I never heard of COVID then, right? And then what happened was, which you didn't know this. I kept this one headed because the show always has to go on. I watched the movie before. We used to record on Sundays. And I had to record that show with you guys the next day. I was sicker than a dog when we recorded that show. Yeah. Um, And everybody at work got it. And then all of a sudden, boom, COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm like, huh, all these symptoms. This is what happened. And am I patient zero? Is Jordan from Ohio patient zero? (laughs) Uh, I had thought that it was maybe me as well. In February of 2019. Oh, you could have been patient zero. I was doing it before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, because uh, that one took me out for two weeks. I lost yeah. weight. Like, it was it was rough. Turns out it was, I think, a, more of a kidney thing. But yeah. um, uh, either way, it, it took me out. It, it took out my office. It was, it was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember around that time, though. And then, again, maybe it's just because you're in that mindset and you're just, you know, kind of looking for it, is that... Uh, they were talking about kind of around that time that there was some super bug going uh, kind of around, but people were, were dying of it, not because of, uh, well, yeah, I guess because of its, its complications and its severity, but more that they weren't, they weren't taking to mind that it was serious. And so they weren't going to the doctors mm-hmm. for it. And so right. they would just think that they could just sleep it off and it ends up fucking them. And mm-hmm. it, it, I remember them take, talking about that that it's was increased the, the overall deaths of uh, people being sick of. Uh, so I, again, all this happening, I, I think is just really an exposure to how bad our fuck, how embarrassing our medical system is. Yeah, could be. Thank God it's not a political show. <laughs> I, we're we're gonna see. We're gonna see movies about it, though, right? Mm. Like, there's gonna be a COVID movie, and I'm gonna be disgusted and, and I, uh, also heartbroken. I saw just like. Uh, which ones? Which which of the cop shows does Scott Bakula on? NCIS. I don't watch any of that stuff, so I have no idea. New Who Orleans and NCIS or something like that. They, they. Uh, I was browsing through the, the 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 TV stations there, and they had a, a, a COVID episode. So I think we're gonna see it. We're gonna see a theme of some movies and some shows. And this is gonna be a thing now, a pop culture thing. Oh, great. Wonderful. I can't wait. Just like how I was disgusted when the 2012 movie came out. Speaking of which. Well, we got to see a lot of bunch of 9-11 movies after it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they weren't good. There's not Shout out to our one. Pattinson. Yeah. I can't believe that happened. Like, I can't believe that movie even existed. 
Do you know that I had a minor heart attack? I call him R. On by the way, 2012. Uh, no, I thought it happened uh, more recently, but <laughs> no, uh, it was it was when the end of the world was supposed to be December, whatever, 2012. You know, people were talking about it for years. You know, uh, on I this thought it of... was <laughs> when Ed told you that he was pregnant. Right, <laughs> but no, but uh, it was it was. Were you, it was... were you anticipating the end of the world because of no. John Cusack in that document in that documentary? No, it's just people are talking about it all the time, like oh, the Mayan calendar. It's the end of the world, right? So we lived in the city at the time, and it was the day that the world was supposed to end, and everything went normal, and I didn't give a crap about it because all that stuff is fake anyway. But the funny thing was, my wife and I go to bed that night. And we're laying in bed, we're watching TV, and the TV goes out. Power goes out. The whole block goes out. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. I'm just freaking out. Turned out it was a power outage. And, um, yeah, but I thought for a good five minutes there that it happened. A power outage by Orson Welles himself. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I thought I <laughs> that, thought that's, saw that. That's very Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Very, very. Oh, speaking of Twilight Zone, it got canceled. What did? Uh, the Jordan this, P- Twilight Zone thing. Yeah, that's that's it, it. Would always there's always gonna there's always for some reason a a show like that on TV. You know. Well, since I brought up Jordan Peele, though, whether it be like an X Files or like a Twilight Zone or like an Outer Limits or Fringe, it's kind of like that for a little bit, right? Um, right. Millennia, Millennium, or whatever. Do you think? I'm curious on this one. Do you think Jordan Peele is our new great horror director? Uh, we'll see. He's going to be doing a few more movies, right? Like he's he's obviously very very it hot and it right now. Um, but he after Get Out and after Us, he had oh it's snowing here now, Jordan. Um, oh, it's, 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 it, oh, see? Ha-ha. No, you know, get back on track here. Don't, don't look at it. Don't look at it. And uh, he's saying that he's a social horror director, right? Like the movies that he's, he's directing are, are influenced by a kid who grew up watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I think um, he could be up there as, as his own, like a psychological kind of a horror guy, which I'm all for it. We need something like that. If he wants to be kind of like a junior Kubrick, you know, uh, something where every movie has like a mindfuck message into it and there are layers to it and there are hidden uh, kind of trinkets in the background and Easter eggs that mean something. Um, but uh, as far as horror directors go, I mean, we still have, uh, I'm still a big fan of James Wan. I think he's he's probably uh, probably one of the bigger ones. But you still have like Sam Raimi, right? He's he can do horror. Never um, been a Sam Raimi fan. I've I've never liked any of his work. Uh, Eli Roth. <sighs> what a doucher. <laughs> I I was so disgusted with Eli Roth. Uh, because... Zach Ward, uh, friend of the show, mm. Zach Ward. Yeah, I yeah Zach Ward is horror, but I did. <sighs> Eli Roth. I saw Cabin Fever in 2002. Absolutely loved it. Because that came out when I was, you know, in high school, 16 years old, 2002. And I love horror films. And clearly the original Cabin Fever is an homage to those 80s, 70s and 80s cheap B-movie horror films. 
And I thought he did a great job. And he did. Then he, he, really did. He, he has not made a good movie since. And I don't mean a good movie. I mean, he's not made a good movie. I mean, the Hostel series is just, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's just absolutely terrible. And then he's done what, what? He did that Thanks Killing trailer, which was just stupid. And it, it's, it's not, he's not good. And he just does shock for shock's sake. And then you brought up James Wan. James Wan was one of the creators of the original Saw, and now the trailer for Spiral came out recently. We're going to be reviewing that one. What what movie? Spiral. Spiral? Huh? Oh, all right. Starring Chris Rock. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's what that is. And he's a detective, and it's like a remake of Saw. There's going to be a kind of a need for the movie, man. There's a demand for it, you know. But, yeah, they're, they're beating that one to death. I was more of a fan of his other movies like uh, The Conjuring and uh, Insidious. Right. Um, just because Didn't he's... he do he, Fast he's, and Furious? Uh, I can look it up. He, I, he's, I he did that. Aquaman. He did, which wasn't good, but I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but... No, no, I, I just uh, appreciate what he can do for the for the genre. Every kind of director adds something, even if it's not for everyone. Well, I'm yeah. not a, I'm not a fan of just the unnecessary uh, uh, blood and guts and gore. Right. Um, I I don't mind it. I, I I find it it's fun in a kill. Uh, sometimes if it's if it's tasteful in the context, but like um sometimes it's just like like what are we doing here? Uh, like what what's that? Remember that Matt Dillon movie that we reviewed? Matt Dillon movie. Oh, uh, the house that Jack built. Yeah, the house that Jack built, where it's just kill scene after kill scene. I was so mad scene. at Ed. So mad at Ed because Ed was the one that told us that. So yeah. okay, so everybody again that's listening, a little behind the scenes here is that before I took on the schedule, all three of us, Ed, and Eric, and I would always kind of give our input of what movies to review. And Ed showed me this trailer, The House That Jack Built, which reviewed, which was voted on as one of our worst films that we've ever reviewed in our yearly awards. He's like, check this out. This movie got banned at all these festivals. This movie's hardcore. We should check it out because it got banned. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I checked out the trailer and the trailer is so misleading. The trailer made it look like a dark comedy because the big thing in the trailer was he killed a girl drags her lifeless corpse down the road and then when he gets home he sees that there's a trail of blood so clearly he's going to get caught but then it starts to rain so i'm like oh okay that's what this movie's going to be i'm interested that's not what the movie is at all and somehow it goes into a dante's inferno thing at the end which made absolutely no sense and i was so pissed at ed we have, we have, because of the show, had to do some crazy movies, and that was one where I remember watching him like, what is happening in this movie? Oh, it's horrible. I, I tell you what, though, it, it, we're here, we are talking about it years later. Like, so did the movie work? I'm sure it no. did. No, the movie did not work because the movie was just, it was garbage. It was garbage. It was garbage. It was garbage. I, like, was- I will never forget the scene of him hunting the mother and her children, though. Mm. Never forget that. Didn't expect that to happen. I'll Did never not forget. expect that to happen at all. What no. the hell was that? No. And then I also didn't expect him to be in a freezer with all these bodies. And then Virgil, again, Dante's Inferno. And it's just like, what is this nonsense? Because it had, it had that guy that had Uma Thurman in the in the in the movie. So I was like, oh, Uma Thurman's in this. Okay, all right. You know, I'm interested. It just, oh, God, I was so mad at Ed. 
And that's and that was a horrible viewing experience because behind the scenes again, I moved to a new house now. But at the time, I was at my old place, and I had a one-car detached garage, and it wasn't heated. So I had a salamander hooked up to a propane tank. And it was so bad that day, the snow. In Ohio, we have uh, road-level advisories, one, two, and three. And if you're on a level three, you cannot drive on the road. You get a ticket, blah, 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 blah. That's a whole other discussion. So you're not allowed to leave your house. And we had to review this movie. And my wife's like, don't watch that in the house. I have no interest. So I had to go out to my garage. Don't watch that in the house. Yeah, Take I that dirt outside, it. Jordan. Oh, absolutely. She was like, no, no. My daughter's like one, maybe two. And uh, she's like, no, you're not going to watch that in the house. So I went out to my garage in a snowstorm, bundled up, turned on my propane heater, and watched this on my uh, – at the time I had a projector screen. And I smoked cigarettes back in the day. I don't anymore. I went through a whole pack watching that movie. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah, it was. Uh... You know what it's like? It's like an adult gummo almost, you know? Mm. Gummo, another movie that when I go to college and people are like, you haven't seen. Dude, every single time. I, I feel like the show's dragging, but I also feel this is kind of fun for the fans to kind of know us as individuals sometimes. Sure. Um, just, just, just BSing, you know? Just BS. So I hate, I hate, I hate film students because I was one. And when I go to film <laughs> school, my freshman year of film school, I'm meeting all these people of all different walks of life. And they're just like, oh, you haven't seen this movie. Haven't seen this movie. Haven't seen this movie. You know? So I watch all these movies because I'm in film school. I want to learn. And they're showing me movies that I just don't get it. Like Gummo, um, Wings of Desire, which is the original from um, – <laughs> Uh, City of Angels. Uh, fucking uh, Boondock Saints. I don't get the hype with Boondock Saints. I don't get it. It's not a great movie. I don't get it. Um, yeah. I just, I don't understand that. And then, um, you know, and then if you say like Tarantino, they're like, oh, Tarantino's not cool. You got to watch this weird thing. I got an F uh, because I called my, one of my uh, cinematography professors an idiot. Uh, because I thought it was the douchiest thing in the world. I'll never forget her. Um, we had to make a film that spoke about who we were. We had to make like we had to make a five-minute short, actual 16-millimeter film. So that was fun to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, she showed her work because she wanted to do it. And her work for five minutes, black and white, was putting a camera on a tripod. This is a professor. Put a camera on a tripod, film it. And all she was filming was her dad cutting down the tree. And after she she turns off the projector and people are clapping in the class and saying, that's wonderful. That's great. And I'm the only douchebag that's not clapping because I'm just like, what? And then she sees me. She, and she's like, why aren't you clapping? And it's like, I get the metaphor, but that's art? And she's like, well, what did you bring to the table? And I brought her this five-minute black-and-white gangster flick that I made. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's horrible. F. <laughs> oh, you hurt her feelings. You didn't stroke did. her ego. I mean, come and on. And that's the message, Jordan, and that's what filmmaking is. Mm -hmm. Stroking egos. That's when I say, you know what, I'm not going to be Telling me I'm a pretty princess. Oh, yeah, dude. That's I, I was like, you know what, after that, I, I, I went to my 
advisor and I switched majors. I was like, this is this is ridiculous. That's a damn shame that a teacher probably stomped on a potential great filmmaker in Jordan. Oh, thanks, buddy. I, it, it was it was annoying. But no, I, like, I get it. There's those people who are, you know, who uh, seem to like be who who want to feel better than you, you know, and be like, well, oh, you don't get David Lynch. You know, it's just like those types of people. Right. And it's just like I, um, they need to calm down because they also need to know that art is obviously um, in the eye of the beholder and whatever, all the, the, the cheesy mm-hmm. sayings. It's interpreted by everyone differently. And oh, absolutely right. sometimes yeah. it works and then sometimes it doesn't. Like, I understand that um, who's the, the guy who did Harmony Kane or mm. um, that like him or he did kids, too. Like, I understand kind of like there's a raw oh, and kids? real Larry Clark. No, uh, the movie Kids is directed by Larry Clark. But oh, but it was uh, from the mind of Harmony Kane, who then later did Gummo. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because Larry Clark was one of my favorite independent directors. He's made some interesting fucking films. But well, yeah, I mean, like, I'm it, pretty sure it's in that in that same realm. And then we'll, you know, whatever that 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 whole story. Right. Uh, he did Spring Breakers as well. He did. He did Spring Breakers, which I believe James Franco's in that. Yes, playing yes, riffraff. Yes, like. I had a nickname. My again, I, I I went to school to be a cinematographer. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't I didn't want to direct. I didn't want to write. I just wanted to shoot. I was into the shooting part, and uh, I jumped out of my major after my freshman year because people also gave me a nickname my uh, freshman year, and everybody knew me when it went to the arts and science building. People knew me as Hollywood because they're like, "What films do you like? Aliens, The Shining." Tarantino, David Fincher. It's like pff, Hollywood. Oh, like, you know, it's like man, you don't like, get it, man. Yeah, no, I don't get it. I mean, like they're just like, how do you like Fincher? I was like, tell me one bad movie he's made, you know. And there's like, ah, ah. I was like, you don't think Fight Club's great? Oh, that's Hollywood eyes. The 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 favorite yeah. thing they always said to me was that's Hollywood eyes independent filmmaking. Just pretentious people, man. Just. Uh... And I don't think Fight Club is Hollywoodized at all. I just think it's a great film. I mean, uh, look what he did. He made he did Mank, which we both think is pretty damn good. Well, uh, I think you were talking about uh, in the Last Temptation of Christ that uh, Scorsese says you have to make the movies you don't want to make in order to make the movies you want to make. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of, kind of how how it goes that you got to make the studio film every once in a while, and there again, like uh, you know, you don't realize it then, but you realize it now that there's a need for the studio film. There's a need for for the big the big you know explosion, the bubblegum movie, man. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's there is nothing wrong with that, and then because it, it also makes the the A twenty four, you know, the art house kind of movie more special, right. Because it gives no, it something right. to, to it gives it something to contrast to, and I, I, I appreciate that. But um, I mean, there's still a part where people can go a little bit of both. Terry Gilliam kind of comes to mind there. Mm, yeah, where he's okay. he's very independent and very niche, but also at the same time very big budget. Guy Ritchie is another one where his movies are maybe more in a niche role um, for the most part, but he can still bring in a high budget. Right. No, I mean, like, and 
that's the thing that I was trying to get them to understand back in the day when I was in college a long time ago. It was like, you know, I, I can make – because what ultimately it was to end this whole college Jordan filmmaking year is that at the end of my freshman year, we were allowed to make any movie we wanted. We were allowed to make a 30-minute uh, film. It didn't have to be film. It could be digital at the time. It could be whatever. So I said, you know what I really want to make? And it just appalled people. It appalled them, and I don't know why. I was like, I want to make your classic just cheesy love story, you know, like a la Notebook or Say Anything or something like that. You know what sure. I mean? And they're like, why? I was like, why not? There's nothing wrong with that. And I was like, The Notebook's not a bad movie. And they're like, oh, there's you know, just going nuts and going off. Like I would have debates in classroom settings, like auditorium classroom sitting of everybody just judging me because I want to make just your cheesy romantic film. Why not? There had to have been a moment, I know you, Jordan, where you, you would have to, uh, at least I would hope, uh, call their own on their bullshit. If, if oh, you I know do. what I mean? Just like one of those things where it's just like, well, then you make it. If it's so easy to make and it's so effortless – you know, then I, surely you would have no issue making one yourself. Right. No, I mean, that's what it is for me. It's like, like, so I, I made it. I got a D. They might, they hated you. Jordan. Oh, oh the, the, they did. Because the thing was like, the movie is bad because I'm an 18, 19 year old college freshman making a, a, a romance film, a, a romance film. So it, it's not. It's not good. It's on YouTube, actually. People can see it. It's actually on our. Uh, it's actually on our movie guys YouTube. Uh, but it, it's not good at all. But what what stunk was I just wanted to do it because I wanted to do it. Like look at look at James Cameron. I think he's one of the greatest directors of all time, and all he makes is action movies, right? I mean, that's no. There's no, there's nothing artistic about Aliens. There's nothing artistic about Terminator or sure. Titanic. It's just fun popcorn flicks, and that's kind of what I wanted to make. And it's just like, no, how dare you? And it's like, man, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm just done. Like, yeah. There's art in the storytelling, man. That's, you know, and, and it works. Works for Rob Reiner or Penny Marshall. Right. There's no – there's nothing wrong with making just your standard notebook say anything. kind of. Speaking of notebook, this will be fun for our fans to know. So um, – COVID hits, and Gina and I, my wife, were like, okay, we want to do something for fun. So we decided to do a Nicholas Sparks retrospective series. <laughs> so we go through the list of all the Nicholas Jordan Sparks. was in heaven. Uh, I was for the first few, and then it got really bad really, really fast. Um, I can tell you when. So we went through a list of all the Nicholas Sparks books that were in the movies. And we found out that we can do one movie a month. We're gonna we're gonna watch the movie, you know, it's just my wife and I. We're not gonna review it, you know, we're just gonna watch one Nicholas Sparks movie a month. And the first one was Meshes in a Bottle with Kevin Costner and Robin Wright. <laughs> not a bad movie. It's a it's it's, it's it's your fun, stupid little, you know, romance <laughs> film. You got Walk to Remember, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then, yeah you got, sure. then you got the notebook, which I think is really, really good classic love story do you, you it, like it, that movie did you like that the notebook yeah that's it oh i love the notebook was it your first time watching it no i've seen it years ago it's actually based on a true story oh okay okay um the true maybe story, you can tell me about it later yeah yeah later um and then we did knights of rodanthe which completely <laughs> just i was like no i'm done and she's like oh this is so sweet i'm like i don't care about old people having sex i don't care um 
And then what really took me off the edge was the Miley Cyrus movie, the last song. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. And like, it just gets weirder and the plots just get crazier. And we have two movies left. We've been doing this for a year and a half almost. <laughs> That's what other movies are left. Uh, the longest ride or the last ride, the, that one's actually considered to be really, really good. That's like an eight, eight out of 10 or like an 80% around tomatoes. That's like a bull riding one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the last one's the choice. I believe it's the choice, but like just this one movie to just utterly pissed me off. Hey, speaking Uh, of retrospectives, where there might be at a point because M night is coming out with another movie this year too. Right. Uh, when are we going to take an M night retrospective? Like you, you want to do an M night once a month retrospective? I, I mean, we, this might be, that might be a task and chore because he's, he's got a lot of movies as we know. Right. right. And he is across the board. He, he is up and down with a lot of these, like some of them work and some of them just flat out don't. Right. Right. Well, we watched, uh, glass done, and unbreakable. Yeah, we did. We did that series. Right. And we also did – oh, we did Glass, Unbreakable, and Split. Those are his. Right? Split was his? Yeah, Split was the one where, where um, I raved on it. I, I was I thought it was great. And I think, right. I think you guys uh, enjoyed it as well too. A majority of people enjoyed Split just because of probably James McAvoy rather than – Oh, he was amazing. He was yeah. amazing. Um, but, but I think we, we shed on Glass. Which is a well, weird sentence to say. I think I might, I might have to re-say that sentence. No, you're right. You just go with it. We shat on glass because it was such a hype. Like Unbreakable was like that independent gem that people are like, like you haven't seen Boondock Saints kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get Split, which you had no idea, went with Unbreakable. And then it's like, oh, okay, we're going to get a trilogy. And then Glass just shat the bed. Just shat it. Like, what <laughs> are you doing? Now, uh, we would only do uh, his director uh, ones. We're not going to do any any writing or producing. Right, no, because we got – he also did The Visit, which I've seen, which I actually praise. I think The Visit's very good. Every, people uh, liked The Visit, yeah. Um, he produced Devil, which uh, got mixed That's not a good movie. Years. Not a good movie. Not not a good movie <laughs> yeah, at all. Never, never I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, he got he got Unbreakable. He did uh, Sixth Sense, which was the which was the big movie for him. I'm actually a big defender of The Happening, and I've not met another person that goes with me on that on that streak of the of, of the happening. I think the happening is a great B nineteen fifties film. Do you do you think that some directors, uh, like the, the the creativity is is kind of exhausted from them when they are forced into a niche? Like M Night is yeah. like yeah because yeah. a lot of these movies people are expecting the twist now which is removed because uh, uh well because people he knows that people are expecting a twist and so he'll put like a double twist or he'll put I don't know just like maybe no twist <laughs> right no no right no um no like like he got in his own way I mean he made the sixth sense which had the twist at the end which everybody saw you know Bruce Willis was dead. But and it's like, oh, everybody likes that. So I'm I'm gonna do the village now, and make a twist. And it's like, okay, we're you're not telling a story. You sit there and you're like, okay, here's a concept. Let's do a twist and then let's do a story around it. And that's the issue with M Night. And then when he did the visit, that twist at the end of the visit was a good like six sense twist. 
it was like, oh, okay. Because you could tell he, that he made the movie not based solely on the twist. You know what I mean? Well, uh, you're right, because I don't think in any of these movies that I don't think any of them, to be quite honest, that, that where he's known for the twist, I don't think that he's building it around the twist. I think that he's building it around his ability to build the tension of the movie, the, the suspense you know, uh, of the movie, the mystery of the movie around this premise that he's given. And he comes to a climax, to a, a breaking point where he has to jump off the cliff in the story, as it were, you know. Right. And a twist or something like that allows for a big tension break. Right. Um, and I, I think that's just a style that he does rather than than building around one specific thing. I think that's just kind of how he performs his style, that he, he picks a movie or writes a movie where he's able to kind of accent, uh, uh, accent a lot more of the, the tension building, the acts one and two moments, you know, mm -hmm. build the story. Yeah, I mean, you're 100%. I'm not going to disagree with you on it. Um, I, I like independent Shyamalan now than Hollywood Shyamalan. Glass is not good, but I like, like The Visit and smaller movies like that. I think that's where he goes with because Signs is uh, – just horrible and <laughs> you know I, it's just bad but on that note we've gone on for a long time fans and we really hope that you enjoyed i hope that you enjoyed this little like sit down like question uh air q a just having fun get to know eric and jordan a little bit more episode uh but i had a great time with this one and like always Make sure to check us out on all the social media platforms, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. And thank you so much. And we'll be back next week for another awesome episode.